you know the song. That means you know what time it is. <laughs> it's time to stretch. It's time to hydrate. It's time to get your ass in the Gentleman's Dojo. Oh, we're excited. Hold this board. Hold what? this board for me. I'm going to break it. Do it. Ah! <laughs> Hold that feather up. I'm going to do a roundhouse. <laughs> oh, man. Good. Look at the fence. Wax the car. Steve's got his track suit on. He is Hold in on, a good go back mood. to. Did you hear what he said? No. No. He said, uh, if it was wax. irrelevant, he should wait for the interview to throw it in there. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> we are back. The Gentleman's Dojo. For another brand new episode. A lot of these shows throw on repeats or best of. Not us. Not us. We're all about brand new. And I got to tell you, Steve, there's rumor in the dojo that we're going to be giving away free t-shirts. Now, is there any truth to that rumor? I think there's <laughs> there is truth to that rumor. I'm very excited about that. Free t-shirts, yeah. but you got to rate and review us, and you will get an That's official get dojo-approved t-shirt. Do we That's know who's you designing it. that? Do we, you don't know the artist on that yet, do we? That's you still, know what? Could be TBD. Could be Charles Schultz. It could be the guy that did Garfield. These, are, these guys. A lot of I, I know Charles dead, Schultz right? is dead, but um, I don't know. It the could Garfield. be. Uh, There's a lot. Going some on. guys from Disney, yeah. not Walt Disney, but yeah, it could be some probably Latino phenomenal genius in That's racist, L.A. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta take that out. We gotta take that out. Jesus Christ, Keen, my God. Well, no, I mean it's no. You can't dig your way out of this. It's no. Uh, <laughs> it's no it's secret. Done. It's no secret. It's already out there. Well, we hope you've been enjoying. These newest uh, episodes of the dojo going into the century mark. We're really happy with uh, all the guests we've had on lately. It's and, been great. Uh, continuing to do so. And this uh, guest today is no different. No different. We're very excited to have him. He's got a couple of new shows out. One on Discovery yes. ID called Killer Instinct. And another show, uh, season two, called Crime Watch Daily. Mm-hmm. That is syndicated throughout this country. Uh, but I think he's probably best known... For his work on Dateline NBC, where you hear those famous words, I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him. Hey, Chris. Hey, how are you? There Great. he is. So Woo! good to have you. Thank wow. you so much for joining the Gentleman's Dojo. Chris, y- your, your line of work has taken you many places. Has your line of work ever taken you to a dojo? <laughs> to a dojo? I don't think so. <laughs> Well, welcome to the Gentleman's Dojo. I've been, I've been in the business for 36 years. This might be the first time. Wow. Uh, and a storied <laughs> yeah. career you've had. And Emmy thank you so much. Emmy Award winner, Chris Hansen. Mm. Emmy Award winner. Well, uh, to my much. left, Gary Cannon, Patrick Keene, Steve Byrne, all comedians. Thank you so much for taking time to, uh, to well, join us. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Emmy well, Award. Do you, do, you even, do you watch the Emmys? Like, did you watch the Emmys the other night? I, mean, I didn't watch a, a little bit. It was kind of late, for, you know, a little late uh for a Sunday night for the boys, got to be on TV on Monday to tape some shows, but I saw some of it. I, I got to tell you, Chris, I work at the Conan O'Brien Show, and before I started working there, one of my favorite things was when Conan hosted the Emmys, and he was running oh, late, God. and How obviously you, you, you did that little sketch with him. He was running late and got sidetracked as he was trying to get to the Emmys, and he ran <laughs> through the kitchen, and you uh, called him out by his screen name. Now, do you remember what his screen name was? Cone bone sixty. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. no, it, was, it was, you know, I've obviously, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. So my kids are now boys are twenty three and twenty six. We're both in the business. You know, they, they didn't really give, uh, you know, much about having a dad on TV. It was just my job. But when South Park did a 
a uh, spoof on me. <laughs> Suddenly, I was cool. And when that happened, <laughs> the corner of Brian. That was really cool. Chris, you know? we actually won't even remember this. We met years and years and years ago. You were a local reporter for WDIV in Detroit. You were sure. covering something for the city of Warren, and I remember that was close to my house. Went up there, met you. You were a young guy. You went to Michigan State. Yep. I went to Central Michigan. Are you, are you saying I'm old now? <laughs> <laughs> we both are. <laughs> so I just remember, you, and then you actually just celebrated a birthday too, not too long ago, correct? I did last week ago today. There you oh, go. Happy belated birthday. Nice. Yeah. Happy belated Thank birthday. You very much, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I remember meeting up, meeting there, and then you, your trajectory essentially was going from Channel 4, the local NBC affiliate, to then NBC. Correct. So I was in Detroit for 10 years, both at Channel 7 and Channel 4, and then uh, went to NBC in 93. Okay. And then you started, how soon did the idea, or how did the idea come around for the To Catch a Predator? Well, we, before we get into that, I, I do want to ask, because, uh, I mean, yeah. for all your coverage on Dateline, Columbine, sure. Oklahoma, uh, uh, Unabomber, TWA, September 11th, uh, you know... I mean, obviously, your work takes you into such a dark, a dark place of humanity. What is it you do once you leave the office, or once you're done with, you know, even your new shows now with with uh, murder investigations? Like, what do you do to 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 bring some levity or bring some light in your life? Because it seems such well, like dark, heavy you know, material. Clearly, you know, Crime Watch Daily is, as our name suggests, covers crime, and we do investigative stuff and hidden camera stuff. <clears throat> we do. Uh, Hanson versus Predator, which is, is an extension of the original Predator investigations, and now we. So do, that's not you versus uh, the Predator that Schwarzenegger. Is. <laughs> no, no, it's a different. Okay, movie. okay. It's a great, great, great movie. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I mean, you know, look, it's it's, you know, I've done this a long time, so you you decompress, you go play a game of tennis, you go for a run, you get on the Peloton bike, you mm-hmm. go see a Michigan State game, you do you know what regular guys do, and and you know it works for me. Oh, wow. I don't do any of that exercise stuff. That sounds... <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to eat a big bowl of ice cream and watch Judge Judy. That's how I decompress. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Nothing wrong with it. No, but you, you did have this very storied career of, of covering all these events. And actually, we just had on Robert O'Neill, who was the guy that killed bin Laden. And I know that you covered some of the stuff for 9-11. So you really, oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you really had this very cool kind of comprehensive background before you hit the kind of dateline to catch a predator well i you know it gave me a lot of experience to go do something that you know became a passion project even though i thought we'd do it one or two times we did it multiple times and still do it today but what it you know at the end of the day whether it's the predator investigations or an investigation into a scam or anything else going on murders or unsolved mysteries you know, it's 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 about getting inside the case, doing the kind of interviews that I like to do, where I get inside somebody's head, and and you don't look down at a list of questions. You you get in a conversation and you listen, and you combine that with you know the great video and the great you know um, enterprise techniques we have, whether it's hidden cameras or anything else, and suddenly, you know, you have this great story where you're taking people into a place they wouldn't normally go. They see things they wouldn't normally see, and they hear things they wouldn't normally hear. And I think we create a dialogue and awareness that uh, hadn't existed before. 
I mean, I know some of my favorite stuff, and I know that you've done some of it, and there's been other shows that have done it, where, and I just remember this watching as a kid, you guys would go in and pull, <laughs> like, like do some stuff to a car, right? And then, right. like, put a camera on top of the hood, and then watch as the mechanic would pull more wires <laughs> and tell you what was wrong with the car, and then you'd go well, in we, with the you know, we did this. <laughs> we did this at a house in Arizona one time where... You know, one day we did plumbers, the next day we did garage door repairmen. <laughs> the vast majority of these guys were, you know, were very honest. But, you know, we'd, we'd loosen a nut on a, on a hot water heater in the garage, and so it was leaking. And so the guy comes in and gives us, you know, this cute gal who lived there, and he gives us impassioned speech about how, you know, the hot water heater could blow up and could kill you and your husband and your unborn child and, so I walk out there with a wrench and I fix it three times. <laughs> and, and I said, there's something you need to know. I said, I know. I know already. It's Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> but what if, you know, what if it was a real deal and it was a woman at home and you should pay them, you know, $300 for a new hot water heater? Yep. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that, you know, obviously we do more serious stuff than that. And we do it every day on Crime Watch Daily. But, you know, it's it's the fact that people are getting taken advantage of. Right. And I, listen, I've lived, a, I've lived a gifted life. You know, people know who I am. I'm the last guy you want to screw over. But what really just burns my tail is when I hear of somebody who's just barely making it and they're trying to get something done, they're trying to get a crime solved, and they're getting taken advantage of. And that nothing irritates me more. And that's part of what drives us here at Crime Watch Daily to you know, get these stories out there and do this sort of thing. Well, you know, to go back to... To the success of To Catch a Predator, because it was it was one of those things where just everybody was watching that. Every comedian in yeah. the country had at least two or three minutes on To Catch a Predator. Uh, it's such serious subject is, matter. Yeah, it was a great way for comics to get ex- exposure was to be on that show. Yeah, right? like <laughs> TV I mean, credit. Yeah, good, yeah. Exactly. Well, what, what is it? You? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Half those guys were comics at one point. What is it that made that show? So successful. I, what was so intriguing, in, in your opinion, that made people just fascinated by this? Well, I think it's the same thing that makes Hanson versus Predator so successful on Crime Watch Daily today, which is mm-hmm. we take people inside a crime. I mean, if I had pitched this story back in 2004, which is when we began, and said, okay, there's some tragic stories of kids getting, you know, uh, seduced online by adults, and these are the crime scene photos, and there's some pictures of somebody tapping on a computer screen and, and a tragic interview with a parent, you know, it's a 10-minute story. But once we infiltrated the actual crime and took people inside this house and inside these guys' minds and showed them, you know, the graphic nature of this crime and the grooming that takes place, it's just really compelling TV. And there's no way around it. And yes, right. obviously, for very serious suspects, subject there were you know some comedic moments there's no question and uh, you know those were exploited by cartoons and like south park and and uh simpsons and everything else but it's fine i I don't care because they can make fun of me and that's fine but it brings attention to a very serious subject and at the end of the day if people talk about it if it saves one kid you know fine you know i'm a grown man make fun of me as much as you want Uh, you know we go out there every day on this show and we try to make a difference in the world and if we can get into the mind of a criminal and hear the voice of a victim we can prevent somebody else from becoming a victim and the rest of it you know i'll handle are you just shocked like when when you're doing those remotes 
for To Catch a Predator, Hanson versus Predator. Are you always amazed that people will just try to talk their way out of it? I mean, that, that's yeah. what's crazy to me. Hey, on the last one we did in Fairfield, Connecticut, one of the guys came in for a 13-year-old boy, and it turns out he was a guy I had met on the commuter train between New York oh. and Connecticut. So I didn't recognize him at first and hadn't seen him in a couple of years. He wasn't a good friend or anything, but, you know, I knew who he was. And so I walk out to the back room, and there he is. And he says, Chris, no, you can't do this to me. Chris, no, it's not what it looks like. Oh. And it's Charles Lawrence. And the crew all thinks that, you know, he knows me from TV. But the reality is, you know, this is a guy who I rode the train with. That's wow. just crazy. He was out to get a 13 year point. Yeah. Wow. How, how does it feel, though, in Hanson versus Predator to be undefeated? <laughs> well, you, you know, are... <laughs> in the last investigation, we had 11 guys show up in three and a half days, and then all 11 have pleaded guilty. So, you know, we are batting 1,000. But, you know, we don't mess around. I mean, we don't frame people. We don't entrap people. Right. It's the, the rules of engagement are very clear. The decoys go out there. They don't make the first move. Somebody's got to approach them first. They have to raise the specter of sex first, and then they visit. And that's, you know, when I approach them with the transcripts, and it's, it's a done deal at that point. The felony has already been committed. How, how, did, how did you come up with the format of the sting? And I, I assume there's no dry run of this thing. You're just like, let's enact it. Let's, let's go for it. Uh, no, I mean, our, our, you know, we, we uh, employ a group who, uh, you know, poses undercover online as underage kids. They're very skilled. They're trained. They're, they involve themselves with law enforcement all the time. Uh, the name of the group is Tetrid Corps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- there's a very strict protocol, so we don't get into problems. We meet beforehand with the prosecutor's office and the, the police who are, you know, conducting a parallel investigation. And so everything's out there. You know, if nobody shows up, then nobody shows up. Then that means, you know, the, the, the series has had its impact and we win. Right. But I can guarantee you and predict without fear of contradiction that if we set up tomorrow, and we will, not tomorrow, but, you know, in the near future, we will find people willing to do this. And imagine this. I mean, when we did the first investigation, we merely employed decoys in chat rooms on AOL and Yahoo. Well, today, the entire landscape has changed. You know, there's Badu and Kick and this and that and, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of, of social platforms where kids hang out and where there's the potential for a male or female predator to adult predator to, to approach these kids. Yeah, it's also crazy. I remember there was that one, Chris in Petaluma, it was the doctor. He was a, like a a very well-regarded yep. ophthalmologist. And you're just like, wow, you would you would not expect this from somebody – the with, rabbi, like I remember in, that one. Yeah. I was really heartbroken. Well, the rabbi was, was amazing. But, I mean, he, he, this guy was an oncologist, and he was on the cutting edge of, uh, you know, curing cancer at uh, one of these uh, tech companies on the West Coast. And here he is for a teenage girl. And they bust him. We bust him. And he runs out in the garage, and the police arrest him. He throws his glasses and his phone and his keys down, calls his wife later and says, you know, bring $30,000 and not yeah. the children to bail me out of the, you know, the Sonoma County Jail. And, and and there was the one, too, which, again, people, I think, are just clueless going into it because I remember, one, a guy asked you, hey, when is this going to air and can I get a copy of this? Wow. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Remember that? I, it, just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Just uh, not even realizing the ramifications that they're under. Well, you know, always wonder, but, you know, first of all, why would somebody do it? And there are a lot of 
criminal and psychiatric reasons why. And we explore those, obviously, in the shows. But, you know, it, it is amazing that people get, you know, starstruck almost. It's like, hey, good news, you're on TV. Bad news, you're on Chris Hansen's show. I mean, we every time we're shooting in the field for either Crime Watch Daily or Killer Instinct on ID, people say, I want to, you know, put me on TV, put me on TV. I say, you don't want to be on my shows. It's going to come from you unless you're a cop. Yeah. You know, or a victim's advocate, nothing good is going to come from you being on one of my shows. You know? Chris, in all the time of, of you being an investigative reporter, what what is the one case that maybe has stuck with you all these years, much like a uh, like, much like a cold case uh, detective? Is there is there a case that 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 you investigate that you personally haven't cracked that that stays with you that you want to get on top of? Well, I think it honestly, I mean, it's a hundred way tie for first, but um, there is a case that goes back to my high school years in suburban Detroit. And it was called the Oakland County Child Killer. And uh, a number of kids turned up dead, boys and girls. And there have been theories ever since. Nobody's ever been prosecuted. And it was from, you know, Birmingham to Ferndale, all around town. I think it was eight kids. And there have been many theories, whether it was two guys working together or one guy. But it it always haunts me. And, And I've gone back to look at it a few times. And I would really like to explore that one more time and see if we can't get to the bottom of it. Um, you, you also did a lot of coverage uh, with Dateline on September 11th. And just, I was perusing my Amazon Prime account the other night and came across Loose Change, which circulated through New York City. I remember on VHS tapes when I was back in New York. And I was always fascinated at some of the, you know, quote-unquote conspiracy theories that floated around concerning September 11th, like... Like, no plane debris found in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Are are there things that that you're still fascinated by in terms of the September 11th investigation? Uh, That's something that, that, I don't know, maybe I could ask you personally about that, but not not a shred of plane debris found in Shanksville at all. Well, first first of all, that's not true. That's not true. There there was plane debris and, and plenty of stuff there. I mean, what happens, unfortunately sometimes on the internet is people start rumors just like on so I fell for it you know April, <laughs> April 19th uh, 1995 you know when uh, Oklahoma City was hit and Terry McVeigh and, and uh, uh, Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols you mm-hmm. know bombed the Oklahoma City federal courthouse and there are all kinds of theories about how a jet could have flown in and uh, it's nonsense but what happened happened you can't cover that up it's like saying you know a military ship blew up TWA 800. It didn't happen. Right. It, it, it was it was an explosion. And we think we know why that happened. And we know how 9-11 happened. Now, can you go back and criticize intelligence and, and the law enforcement for not getting in front of it? Of course. There's always going to be hindsight. There's always going to be, uh, you know, an after act, you know, critical investigation. But uh, that, that, that stuff about no plane wreckage and all that, it's all nonsense. It's hooey. I mean, they they crashed that plane, and it was a terrorist attack, plain and simple. And 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 like the the World Trade Center seven, I think the building that had nothing. Was there an explanation that? Because I I've tried to watch things, and it just seems like there's no reasonable explanation for that that third building that didn't get hit at all, just completely crumbling. I, that's something I, I find. Did you guys well, cover that? I at mean, all? What, what, yeah, when one building goes down, all the debris has to go someplace, and it takes another building down. It's really that simple. Right. I mean, you, you can you can engage in this conspiracy stuff all you want, but the reality is people with evil intent 
working for Osama bin Laden, pulled off what is our modern day Pearl Harbor and hijacked jets and flew them into the buildings. Mm-hmm. And um, Jeffrey Immelt, who was head of GE at the time, said it best. You know, when when planes that uh, have engines my company built flied into buildings I insure covered by a network I own, my company owns, it was, you know, the most amazing thing I've ever seen, devastating and tragic for our country. Right. But at the end of the day, there's no conspiracy there. It's anybody who says that doesn't know what they're talking about and didn't cover the story and doesn't know the facts. It, Plain and simple. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting to kind of hear. I mean, because really you're in it. I mean, you're definitely covering it from a variety of different angles. I mean, you're well, right Well, not there. only that. I mean, I'm not saying I was in the middle of it physically. Right. I mean, I was covering it from a lot of different angles, including New York and Washington and Boston. But I also have, you know, sources within intelligence uh, communities and law enforcement communities, and I know when somebody is BSing me and when they're not. And and this was, I mean, I mean, to say that something else happened and there was a government conspiracy here is just offensive on every level. Right, Chris, coming out of uh, Catch Predator, I mean, you must have gotten a lot of like fan and thank you letters from parents around the world saying, "Look, I have a young child, and thank you for bringing these creeps into the into the light." Was there a lot of that? Well, I think so. Um, I think people were appreciative. I think, uh, as I said, you know, when you when you raise awareness and create a dialogue that didn't exist before, it's important and it gets people's attention. And suddenly, there's a discussion about how do we keep our kids safe. I mean, one just assume that it's all good and kids can go do whatever they want. In the old days, we used to say, "Don't talk to strangers. Don't take lines from strangers." But the reality is, the guy who's a stranger on Tuesday on the internet may be working his way into your child's life by the end of the week. And so it's a different discussion now. The discussion now should be, if you don't know the person in real life, you shouldn't be talking to them on the computer. And the other thing I think is, you know, for kids of a certain age, at the end of the day, the smartphones should be on the family charging station in the kitchen and not on the nightstand. And I think we avoid 50% of the problems right now. Did, yeah, did you find that you were maybe overprotective of your kids because of what you do for a living? Well, I think I was overeducational. I think if you talked to my boys today, they would say you talk too much, and you know <laughs> they never worried about me. I mean, the worst thing that ever happened to them was you know to be under withering cross examination by their dad, Chris Hansen, <laughs> after some you know breaking the rules at the kitchen table. But I tried to balance it. I mean, obviously, you know, I saw things other parents didn't see, but. You know, generally speaking, they're pretty sharp kids and they stayed out of trouble for the most part. In terms of the investigation um, reporting, is there an industry that you would that you've always wanted to exploit in terms of them ripping off individuals or the American public? Uh, is there is there something on the horizon for you, pie in the sky that you would like to uh, go after? Well, I think there's still a huge untold story. It is as much reporting as there's been in, in good reporting on the the Russian intrusion or the Chinese intrusion into the into our you know uh, internet here and mm-hmm. into our communications and elections and whatnot. I think there's more there, and I'd like to uh, I'd like to dig into that a little bit. I'm working on some intelligence sources right now that you know should allow us to do that. As divisive as uh, as the country is become in terms of political rhetoric and party lines almost drawn in, in, 
it seems like on certain networks or on uh, in news broadcasts, do you feel that that news in general has gotten obviously, you know, with O'Reilly or Anderson Cooper or whatever, uh, less objective and more opinionated? And where do you where do you go for news? Well, I, I go to multiple sources, you know, from, um, you know, CBS to, you know, um, New York Times to, to, to the New York Post. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I consume a lot of information every day, BBC and around the world. And, uh, you know, you have to weigh everything. But <laughs> obviously with cable news, which sort of, you know, came about under, you know, my adult life, you know, they're on 24 hours a day. And so you constantly have to have material. And I think sometimes when you have shows that are led by columnists and not journalists, you're going to get somebody's opinion. Mm-hmm. And there's a, and you have to look at MSNBC or CNN, just like you look at the New York Times or any other newspaper across the country. There's the editorial pages, you know, where people are writing news stories. And there's the op-ed, op-ed pages where one man or woman's opinion is being written. And so just because Rachel Maddow says something doesn't mean that's the opinion of MSNBC. Right. Or, you know, a columnist, uh, you know, Fareed over at CNN doesn't mean that's the opinion of CNN. That's one person's opinion. So I think there's there's so much out there and there's so many different sources and people on the TV these days that I think just because one human says something, the entire network gets pegged with that being, you know, their their mantra and that's not how it works and by and by the way we just we also want to congratulate you too because on another note crime watch daily just kicked off season two exactly season three actually season three. Oh, congratulations my, my friend steve said it was two yeah. i thought it was a uh kind of well, similar to shanksville it's it's, <laughs> it's two with me so it's it's uh it's fine oh oh so it was hosted by somebody before you jumped in there was a there's one season uh, before I jumped in last year, and so it's my second season, but it's season three for the show. And how do you balance? Because you, you're obviously that's a that's a Monday through Friday show. You also have the Discovery ID show. How do you balance all that? Because I mean, obviously that's a lot to stay busy with. Well, it is a lot, but you know, and, and to be honest with you, there are times during the year when we're shooting both shows where it's you know Monday through Thursday, shooting Crime Watch Daily, and then Thursday night I jump on a plane and we shoot you know, Killer Instinct, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and fly back Sunday night. And, and actually my oldest son, you know, flies with me because he's on both shows and, and you know, oh, wow. you wake up Monday morning, hit, hit play. So, yeah, it's busy, but, you know, it's manageable. I mean, you know, I'm in a stage of life where I don't have to go to soccer games or do any of that stuff, and, and I really love and enjoy what I do. So it's, it's, it's really not like work for me. It's just fascinating to be a part of it all. Well, I want to congratulate you, too, because you've appeared on The Daily Show, The Tonight Show, Conan O'Brien, Corolla, Oprah, Opie and Anthony, and Jimmy Kimmel, amongst a bunch of others, you've got a better resume than two of the three comedians <laughs> on the <this> show. <laughs> you've done more late-night comedy shows than three comedians in the studio. Yes, yes. Well, By the way, you know, I have fun with it. You know, it's, it's, it's trying to strike a balance. You can't take yourself too seriously. And if, you know, Kimmel wants to do a skit or, you know, anybody else, you, you play along, you try to keep it in good taste, and and I've been very fortunate because each and every one of those shows tackles this as a serious subject, but also, you know, has a little bit of fun with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. What was your favorite late night show to be part of? You know, they're all great for a lot of different reasons. Leno was great. Uh, we had a lot of fun. 
Kimmel is a brilliant interviewer. Uh, Stewart is, you know, walks in and says two words and does one of the best interviews I've ever had done. They're all they're all great in a lot of different ways. And I think right now the landscape of late night TV, we're sort of blessed as a country because you got, you know, Fallon who is so talented in so many ways, Kimmel who is you know, different and, and, you know, Steve is great in, in his own way. So you have a lot of choices. And then this, the later shows are even great. I mean, James Corden, how funny is he? Yeah. You know, with all the stuff he does. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's the best time. I mean, I love Johnny Carson and, and I love Letterman. I grew up watching both of them and they're geniuses. And I know all the guys that just mentioned studied them as well. But it is really a wonderful time for late night television because you have so many choices and they're all good choices. Each guy is just different in terms of their specialty. I mean, Fallon can play guitar and sing with, uh, you know, with Bono. Um, yeah. Kimmel's going to do that great interview. He's going to have an insight that you wouldn't see anywhere else. And, and you know, and Colbert is, you know, more political, but you know, still genius in his own way. So, you know, it, it's a hard choice for me every night. I have to flip through and say, okay, what am I going to watch? And do I flip back and forth? But if I'm up that late, I mean, Corden to me is just one of the funniest guys on TV. Oh, that's great. You got uh, Michigan State's playing Notre Dame this weekend. What, what do you think? I will be at that game. By the oh, way, oh wow, wow. okay, yeah. Is it where's it? South I Bend or is it in Lansing or? What's that? It's in Michigan. It's at Michigan State? It's in Lansing? It's at Michigan State. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll be fine. I, I still keep season tickets there. I graduated in 81. I was in Magic Johnson's class. So. You were in Magic. So you were there when Magic was there. <clears throat> wow. And, yeah. And when Larry, and was uh, Kurt, was Kurt Gibson there as well, playing baseball? Absolutely. Play? No, Gibson was a football player until his senior year and walked on to play baseball and then, you know, ended up being a Detroit Tiger a few years later, a year later. It's nice to go to a so nice school. A... I, I went to Kent State and Arsenio went there. And that's pretty <laughs> yeah. much it. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, I, love, I grew up in suburban Detroit, as I mentioned. And, and uh, so I went there and my youngest son went there as well. And, and it, it was a great, great place to go to school. Although, you know, Magic got to leave after sophomore year and make a million dollars a year at the Lakers. I stayed for, you know, $4.75 <laughs> an hour at the TV but, 10 Action News, but it all worked out. But by the way, it's crazy, Chris, because you got that job. I mean, I know that you obviously were other places before you hit that major market in Detroit, but you were a young guy when you were working at Channel 7 and Channel 4. Yeah, and I was lucky, too, because back in those days, I mean, I was able to, you know, con my way into a job as a part-time television reporter at uh, TV 10 Action News in Lansing, thanks to uh, Howard Lancor, who gave me a lucky break after about five scotches one night. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was, you know, covering city council meetings in every fire I could find as a senior at Michigan State. So when I graduated, I went full time and uh, worked there another year and then hit Tampa, which was a tremendous experience. And then Channel uh, 7, Channel 4, and then off to New York. And when you're at Channel 7 and Channel 4, is that, like, as an entry-level kind of guy, is that a good gig financially or not really? You're just getting experience. Well, no. It, by the time you get to Detroit, or at least you sure. know, when I was in Detroit, you know, I was, for, for a kid at 24 years old, making that kind of money, I was sitting in tall cotton. You right. know, I was working with my childhood hero, Bill Bonds, who was the anchorman. Right. And um, so, you know, I, I, there was a time in my life as a young man that I thought, you know, all I could ever ask for was to be a reporter for Channel 7 Action News and made me make, you know, 70 grand a year. I mean, that would be the pinnacle of my career. And you know what? If I never left Channel 7, it'd still be a great gig. Right. It's still a great station. I was just there uh, a few weeks ago doing promotions for Crime Watch Italian. 
Yeah, it's amazing because when I go back to Michigan to visit family, there's still so many of the same people that are on the air years later. So just proof positive that it's such such a good gig. I mean, it's crazy. A lot, a lot of great comics came out of Michigan, like Tim Allen. Dave yep. Couillet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They did. There were some good ones. Um, any uh, thought about another book, by the way? Well, there's talk of that. I gotta, I gotta sit down and figure out what that's going to be. I don't know if I'm old enough yet, or at least in my own mind, old enough yet for the Chris Hansen story. But I do have some good stories. Oh, I would bet <laughs> some have not been told yet. <laughs> uh, by the way, could I'll you, figure something out. Yeah, could, like could, could you do me? Love. Could you do me a quick favor? We were talking about. I was going to ask you. Let's get Hansen six brandies and let's get to some of these stories. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, I wanted to ask. I, I told the boys I wanted to ask you this, uh, so I'm going to do it. Uh, will you just say um, say my name, Gary, and uh, I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> this is to catch a predator. I want to change my ringtone, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, here we go. Gary, Gary, this is Chris Hansen from Hansen versus Predator and Crime Watch Daily. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> it sounds so proud. Wow, like that the, is like, wow. Like those words actually do ring true in yeah. real life. But well, but but I and then I would tell you, Chris, I was just coming over here to make sure she was okay. I was just checking yeah. on her. I heard her parents weren't home. Is this real fruit in the bowl? Yes. That's a common story. It's a common story. Well, <laughs> listen, we need to promote your shows because you are absolutely fantastic. And thank you well, I appreciate that. to your staff for helping set this up. It was absolutely amazing. Wanted to no, thank Nikki for helping uh set this up. Oh, First of all, she is absolutely the best. Got back to me right away. Uh thank you to her. But we want to promote yeah. your shows, Crime Watch Daily, which I watch every day. Uh, it's on here at 11 o'clock uh, uh, in, in Los Angeles. And uh, Killer Instinct, which is on Investigation Discovery. Love it. Uh, so much going on. Chris, I mean, just a true, true pleasure to have you on our podcast today. Guys, it was a pleasure to be there. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Chris. Take care, bud. All right, take care. There he is, Chris Hansen, everybody. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah, I want that on my ringtone. That's beautiful. Gary, take a seat. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was pretty cool. It does sound like you have maybe have experienced that before. Well, don't worry what yeah. I've experienced, yeah. Just worry about your own miserable life. <laughs> what a great guy. Yes. Great guest. Yes. Um, so fun. Uh, yes, so it's two great shows, Crime Watch Daily, Killer Instinct, Obviously, we'll all Predator. remember him from To Catch, to Catch a Predator. Predator. Yeah, absolutely. But I remember him on Dateline because I, I watch Dateline to this day. I love of course, Dateline. of course. Um, I It is funny. I do show. remember when he did that show, to catch, a, to Catch a Scam Artist, and like he pulled the bolt <laughs> from the garage door. <laughs> and this, this hot girl's like, I don't know what went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, happened? the girl always made lemonade, right? Well, uh, oh, yeah, Let's the girl. made some lemonade and some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and there was that great moment where the guy the guy said, come on in here. Let me get you a hug. And uh, she's like, no, no, no. And she shoots through a curtain and Chris Hansen comes out. He's like, I'll give you a hug. <laughs> 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 well, Steve, do you want to get to the uh, the bones, the meat on how somebody can walk away with a Gentleman's Dojo t-shirt? That's right. Um, leave us your ratings, your reviews. Subscribe to us. But if you review us on iTunes, we will send you... A dojo-approved T-shirt. We are in the midst of making them up. Uh, contact Gary on Twitter. Yep. He Give him a follow. He'll give you a follow. And then you guys could direct message, get your address to Gary, shirt size, and we will send you a dojo-approved T-shirt. The catch is you got to rate and review us. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud. 
And um, start submitting your questions to us online at Canon Comedy. At, at Citizen C- Keen. Yeah. At Citizen Keen. For at Steve Live. For example, we could have asked Chris, hey, is he going to be in Omaha this weekend? If he said no, well, maybe that's your chance to, you know. <laughs> My God, Gary. My God, Gary. Um, but honestly, start submitting questions. We will read your questions on the podcast, on the dojo. At the end of every episode, we're going to start taking uh, viewer mail. Right, oh. viewer emails. That'll be great. We tweets. get out of the way, and then the common public has access to these hot, hot guests that we have on. Yes. One thing Chris told me in an email that he wanted to talk about that he didn't get to was he obviously goes after the people who get scammed and ripped off. Yep. He wanted to go after the one person that paid for a ticket to one of your shows in 2000. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another incredible episode of the Gentleman's Dojo. I'm we like have to Chris, thank our guests. Paid. <laughs> We got to thank our guest, yes. Chris Hansen. Unbelievable. He took time to talk to us. The dojo's getting bigger, better. With your help, let your friends know. Tell them to join the dojo. We appreciate you guys listening. For Gary Cannon, Patrick Keene, I'm Steve Byrne. <laughs>